0: Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Thank you, Jesus. When I'm able to be in the midst of an experience like that, y'all, I'm constantly amazed at how the Holy Spirit moves. And by him doing so in such a powerful and profound way and making this an atmosphere, a setting where change can occur, deliverance can occur healing can occur I think sometimes we take that too lightly y'all I think we take that too lightly because creating an atmosphere where people feel vulnerable enough to let go and to let God to just deposit that thing to release that thing that they have been carrying for so long that hurtful thing, that shameful thing and to be able to lay that thing down and not pick that thing back up, y'all, yeah, we take that for granted, y'all. And I'm so grateful that the Holy Spirit will would see fit to come by and visit us on this morning. Amen. Because the word hasn't gone forth, but somebody has been delivered already. Somebody has been healed already. Somebody's mindset has been changed. Their heart has been changed already. Just by the very fact, that the Holy Spirit was in this place. And I'm thankful for that, amen? Amen. I'm going to try to give you what the Lord gave me in the brief amount of time that we have. I'm not mad, amen? I'm not mad at all because the Holy Spirit came to do exactly what he came to do, amen? And if you didn't get it, it was your own fault, amen? Before a brief minute, I would like to talk to you from uh, the subject, Have You Been Tried by the Fire? If you would turn in your Bible to 1 Peter, the first chapter. Y'all going to have to bear with me. I got these contacts in and they're playing tricks on me right now. Words look like ants right now. 1 Peter, the first chapter. We're going to read the first through the eighth verse, but we want to put special emphasis on verse seven, and that's the portion of scripture that I will be attempting to tackle on this morning. Amen. If you have it, just respond by saying amen. amen. If you're still looking, hold my mule. Everybody got it? First Peter, the first chapter, the first through the eighth verse, and it reads, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the pilgrims of the dispersions, dispersion and Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God, the father in sanctification of the spirit for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Verse 6, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if you be, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. May the Lord add a blessing and hearers to his most holy word. Uh, as I said before, I want to come to you from the subject of have you been tried by the fire? And if it is not so much of a problem for you, can you look at your neighbor and with a real nice smile on your face? The best smile that you can muster up. Yeah, gritted teeth and all that. I see you. Say, neighbor... Have you been tried by the fire <laughs> have you been tried by the fire I don't care uh, who you are I don't care uh, what you tend to believe probably I, I speak for everyone I said at some point in our life we all have needed some type of encouragement at some point in our life we all have reached our breaking point amen we have Reached a point in our life where we were ready to just give in the time. We were ready to quit. Amen. And we were ready ready to quit because of the path that we're on and the persecution that we're facing. Amen. And I know that it's church speak to say that, you know, uh, uh, you're going through just to come through. Amen. Things of that nature. But I need you to understand that there is a reason for your persecution. Amen. God is assigning purpose to your persecution. He is adding worship to your woe. Amen. And so I need you to look at 1 Peter 4 and 12. I'll read it for you. And it says, Peter tells the elect, beloved, do not think it's strange concerning the fire trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may be also be glad with exceeding joy. I need you to understand that although you didn't choose it, that doesn't mean that you can't use it. Amen? Amen? We know that all things work together for those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Amen? And so in our time of being here on this earth, with being around each other, as Paul says, we are, instructed, we are to be instructed to encourage one another and build one another, build one another up, just as you are doing. Amen? Encouragement is a very necessary thing in the life of the believer. It is easy to get frustrated. It is easy to get agitated. It is easy to get aggravated on this path that we're on. It's easy to get discouraged. Amen? Easy to get disappointed. Amen? And so here we have Paul, and and Paul is doing that very such thing. He is speaking to these people, and, and he is trying to get them encouraged. Paul, who is was known as a hothead, amen, who would fly off the handle. It's just peculiar that this would be ironic, this would be the one to tell people how to handle situations, amen. Peter was the one who cut that man ear off. All right. And now he's trying to tell people how to act, amen. But in doing so, Peter is trying to impress upon uh, these believers that being a believer, there's a distinct way that we are to live our life. There's a distinct way that we are to respond to the things that happen in life. Amen. And so as we see, Peter, one of the the greatest things or one of the best things that you can do to encourage somebody is to remind them of who they are. And so as we see in the very first, uh, well, actually in the second verse, he calls them the elect. Amen. He calls them the elect. And so being the elect, it means that they are chosen. Amen. They are the elect of God. They are the chosen of God. Amen. And they are being they have God has foreknowledge of them. He has in the very beginning, God has set them up for salvation, being the elect, if we look at that. So that means that if you are set up for salvation, that means that God has placed everything in you to make sure that you get what you need. Amen. There's no lack in you because God has already, in his master plan, he has already set you on a path for victory. Thank you, Lord. So He is talking to the elect. These are the people of the great dispersion. These are the people who have been scattered. Amen. And they are, as he calls them, strangers or sojourners in a strange land. And being that, they are the target of attacks of the many, of many. Amen. They are persecuted, amen. They are talked about, amen, because people don't understand them, amen. And what we need to understand, we are the same way. We are the same way, amen. And in that, in that, we are chosen. We are chosen of God, and we have to remind ourselves. We are the elective of God. We have to remind ourselves, amen. We are in pursuit of righteousness. We are in pursuit of holiness, amen. And your way of life doesn't make sense to a lot of people. Some people believe just because you want to change your life, they get a whole attitude with you. Oh, you fancy now. You think you're better than everybody, amen? It's not a matter of you believing that you're better than everybody. You just want better for your life. It's not the fact that you're declaring that you're better than anybody. You just are declaring that you need and you want better for your life. And so... In your pursuit, you may feel as though, and you should, you should practice abstinence. You should not do sex outside of your marriage, amen, outside of marriage. You should wait, amen. And so by you practicing abstinence, those who want to sleep around will think that it's an attack on their prom- promiscuity. If you don't smoke or you don't drink, some will believe that your way of life is a statement against their way of life. If you don't lie, if you don't gossip, people will feel as though you are exposing them for lying and gossiping. If you are spiritual, it will show the worldliness of others. Amen. And so by virtue, people will begin to hate on you, not because of what you're doing, but because of who you are, who you're stating or what you're stating about your life. Amen. And so, you wanna change, people get an attitude with you. You going to church again? You just went Sunday, why you gotta go Wednesday? Amen? Folks, they get mad because you wanna stop sleeping around like y'all in a relationship. Like, bro, why are you mad at me? I'm trying to better myself, I'm trying to do right. And so, by you electing to be better, People will elect to hate on you. It's just a matter of time. Amen. It's just how it is. Either you make an enemy of the world or you make an enemy of God. Amen. And so Peter is trying to get them to understand that the reason why people are hating on you is because of what you choose or what you're choosing to do and what you're choosing to become. Amen. And so he calls him the elect and they're called the elect by three things that Peter spells out. And the first thing is the foreknowledge of God the Father and the fact that God has a master plan. Before the beginning of the time, before the, 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 the foundations of the of, of the earth were established and laid, God had a plan for you. Before there was a such thing of needing salvation, God had salvation in your path. So God had a master plan for you. Amen? And it's done so by the sanctifying of the Holy Spirit. And we need to understand, and, and another way of encouraging people and letting them know is that sanctification of the Holy Spirit is a process. It just don't happen all at once, amen? God is trying, or the Holy, he's using the Holy Spirit gradually to get that saying about you, whatever remains. Because we know that we, when we come to the altar, when we give our life to Christ, when we walk back, we still have the battles that we still had. But the sanctification of the Holy Spirit begins to remove that thing from you. And your steps begin to get a little lighter. Amen? Your way gets to get to be a little better. But it's only made possible by the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Us entering into the covenant with Jesus. So it first begins with what? Us accepting Jesus, amen? Then we allow the sanctification process to happen. So that we can, so we can have the master plan, whatever God has placed on the inside of us. We can have, Amen. But we've already found out, but that God had the foreknowledge of that. So you already got what you need. You just got to walk it out. And so with, with with Peter trying to impress this upon them, he's letting them know why 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 you're doing what you're doing. For an incorruptible and undefiled inheritance that you will receive when Jesus comes, Amen. Sometimes it gets hard, and we lose sight. Of why we're doing what we're doing. Amen. And one of the, the the greatest, one of the greatest revelations of your faith is that either you're doing it for what you can accrue here on earth, or you're doing it for what you can accrue in the afterlife. Because some people would do what they're doing for money and fame and, and, and for status and things of that nature. But God wants us to do this thing because on the other side of this thing, because after it all comes down, everything here is going to burn. It will be consumed by fire. And the only thing that's going to survive is what you put up in heaven. And so he's trying to get them to understand that the persecution that you're going through, there's a purpose for that. And he he likens that to gold. And what he's saying is that your faith is not as valuable as gold but your genuineness of your faith is. Amen? And so we know we in this for the gold. Who's in this for the gold? We ain't in it for the bronze. We ain't in this for the silver. we in this for the gold. Amen? And so Peter is trying to get them to understand that. He's trying to understand, get them to understand that thing, this thing right now that you're going through is temporary. It's not purpose. I mean, it's not permanent. But if you can hold on, if you can see this thing through, God has something on the other side for you. Amen? So God is trying to get us. He's trying us by fire. Amen? And what I like about uh, the English Standard Version, it says that Peter says, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith More precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, to check the genuineness of gold, it has to be tested, amen? Now, the testing of this gold is the refining process. And so to refine something means that you have to free something such as metal from impurities or unwanted material. It means to free from more, free from more moral imperfection. It means to elevate. It means to improve or perfect by pruning or polishing. Now the process of refining gold is one where the process is repeated. The quality and value is increased if it's repeated, amen. 10 karat gold doesn't have to go through the same process as 14 karat gold. 14 karat gold does not have to go through the same process as 24 karat gold. 24 karat gold has to go through an intensive refining process. And so the refiner of our faith is liking to the gold and it's difficult and it's uncomfortable. Amen? And then the first step of refining is the breaking. The breaking. This is when the refiner begins by choosing. There's that word again, choose, because we are chosen. Amen? Choosing ore and breaking it up. Now, ore is rock that has encased valuable minerals, such as tin, copper, silver, and gold. Amen? Now, the rock has promised value because of what is contained within it. So the rock is broken. It's shattered. It's crushed so that minerals can be exposed. And when God spoke to Samuel, he told Samuel, look not on his countenance or the height of his stature. Why? Because I have refused him, for the Lord seeth not as man seeth, seeth." but he... For a man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Amen? And so we have to be careful between fake gold and real gold. Amen? Because we can look at somebody and we can see their life and we can see how things are, 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 are popping for them and, and it looks shiny and all that. Amen? But it might be fool's gold. Amen? So instead of imitating the way that someone dances in church, we need to imitate the way somebody walks outside of church. Instead of imitating how somebody uh, 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 shouts in church, we need to imitate the way that people speak to other people on our side of church. Amen. Because the power is not in your dance. The power ain't in your shout. This power really ain't even in your tongues. I know some people gonna get mad at me. The power is in your life. How you live your life. Your life gives your dance power. Your life gives your shout power. Your life gives your speaking in tongues power. How are you going to live like the devil but going to have the anointing of God on your life? (laughs) It don't make sense. So we must understand that it's the way that we live our life. That's what Paul is trying to get them to understand. Your power comes in your life, how you live your life. You can't live like the devil and think that you can cast out devils. (laughs) Come on (laughs) now. Okay. Now, we have to understand that the reason why God is breaking you is because he sees value in you. He sees value in you. You are so much value to God that he won't let you get stuck in that place. You think that you broke up with that person for X, Y and Z? No, God broke you out of that relationship because you have more worth than what was shown to you. You think you fell out with your friends because of See, she said this or he did that? God broke you out of that relationship because he saw more worth in you. Amen. That job let you go. You think that's the reason why? God had more worth for you. He, he thought that you were being unappreciated at that job. So God sees value in us, and that's in the breaking point. Amen. I need somebody to understand that, that, and, and, and for that, there are a lot of people who fail in that very first step of the breaking because they're not willing to break apart from certain things that's holding them back. I need somebody to have the testimony, had I not persevered, I would have perished. If I would not have kept going, I would have perished. Is that your testimony on today? I overcame to become. (laughs) God is trying to break you, Amen. Somebody not needs to not forsake the break, Amen. Don't forsake the break, Amen. The second step is the crucible. That's where God, or that's where the refiner places the broken ore in a crucible. Crucible is a a a a. Ceramic thing that's, that's fireproof, amen, that causes the thing that's placed in it to be subjected to the heat and to melt, amen? amen. And so God is placing us in certain positions to change us, amen? Right. A crucible is also, besides that, it's a situation of severe trial or in which different elements interact leading to the creation of something new. Sometimes you have to go through a painful operation to get healed. For you to be a soldier, sometimes you gotta go to boot camp. To be a doctor, you gotta go to med school. To make the team, you gotta make it through basic training, or you gotta make it through camp, amen. There's a process according is a there's a process that accompanies accompanies your promise. You have to go through something, y'all. You just don't get it. Amen. And I'm reminded of the life of David. Because God will put you in some uncomfortable positions or the fact that you have to go through something to become something. And in the life of David, David was very faithful to Saul. He loved Saul. Amen. Right. But Saul became, began, began to get jealous of David. And he made it his life mission to destroy David. Right. And so for some of us, we have to understand that you will be a blessing to some people who are less than to you. You'll be in somebody's life for all the right reasons. But God is doing that to show you the difference between what's real and what's fake. The testing of a relationship, let me me, me tell you if your relationship is good, if your relationship is solid, if your relationship can endure trials. See, I love Pastor LaShawn. Pastor LaShawn loves me. And the reason why our relationship is 22 years strong, 21, 22, 21 years strong, 21 years strong is because we endured some stuff in our lifetime. Amen. Our marriage was put through the fire. Yeah. Now, if you have a relationship and you haven't endured anything, if you had not gone in, in, through anything, what is the integrity of your relationship? Can you really say if X, Y, and Z happened that that person would still be there? Would they still be down for you? Would they still love you? Will they still care for you? It takes certain situations for a relationship to, to solidify that relationship and let you know exactly who that person is in your life. Friendships the same way. Amen. There are certain things that come up on us, y'all, and it's not let let me get you to understand this. It's not to, God is not doing this to persecute you. He's doing this to perfect you. That's all he's doing. And so we have to look at it in the right way, amen? Job states that in 23 and 10, but he knows the way that I I take when he has tested me. I shall come forth as gold. He also said, though he slay me, I would trust him. In our lifetime, y'all, we go through situations where it seems as though the fire has been turned up 400 degrees. My juvenile fans. The fire has been turned up, amen, but it's all according to the plan of God to make sure that you turn out the way that he wants you to be turned out. It's no other way. There's no other way that you're going to leave that job unless something happened on that job. There's no way that you're going to leave that man or that woman unless something happened. There's no, there's no way that you're going to change in life unless you fail and you continue to fail until you try to find a way to not fail anymore. It's not giving up, amen? It's not accepting the things that are being offered to you, but understanding that God wants more for you. And either you want what God wants for you, or you accept what the world will give you. And I want what God gives me, amen? Amen. There's someone I I was listening to the other day, he said that God cannot be figured out. He has to reveal himself. And in the midst of your weakness, God reveals himself as strength. In the midst of your sickness, he reveals himself as healing. In the midst of you needing a way, God makes sure that he shows himself to be the way. So God reveals himself to us, amen, in him revealing himself to us, we reveal ourselves to ourselves. <laughs> we understand that I'm not as strong as I need to be. I understand that I'm not as disciplined as I need to be. I understand that my faith is not as strong as it needs to be. Amen. And the last step, y'all, is fire. Now, when gold is put in the fire, that means that the impurities or the dross comes to the surface, and one situations present themselves that cause us. Uh, which causes the thing that's on the inside of us, those dirty, nasty things that's on the inside of us to come forth. That's when God skims the top and he takes those things from us. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be placed in the fire, y'all, because that's the only way the thing that is on the inside of us, that dirty, that nasty thing, that thing that we thought we were over, can come to the surface. I thought that I was past that, but I find myself still angry. I thought I had overcome that thing, but... I still am shameful about that thing. Amen. Right. And what I love about God is that this process, it's not an attempt to embarrass you or shame you, but it's, like I said, it's an attempt to cleanse you. Either you will be refined or you will be consumed. Yeah. The fake won't make it, y'all. Yeah, that's right. And so it says that the refiner, he will put it back in there up to seven times. And we know what seven means, right? Spiritual perfection, Right. David declared in Psalm 138, The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the works of your hands. God is not hurting you. God is not hurting you. He is perfecting you. If we would trust and believe that the process is for our good, y'all, that hurting is for your good. That pain is for your good. I know that that's a bad way of looking at it, y'all, but that's the only way. Why? Because only when the refiner looks into that crucible and he sees a clear reflection of himself the process is complete it's when our actions reflect the actions of Jesus it's when our words reflect the words of Jesus when our heart reflects the heart of Jesus y'all it doesn't reflect us anymore when he gets the glory out of our situation i was told and i say this before that that uh, if you're talking to someone about your problems who can't help you, then you're just complaining. Some of us need to stop running to the phone and start running to the throne. If you're telling everybody about your business but Jesus, then how is it going to get fixed? <laughs> God is perfecting that thing that concerns me. Amen. And by him putting me in the fire, by him purifying me, by him refining me, that's the only way that I can be the person that God has called me to be. And like I said before, by being put in the fire, that's when you realize what's on the inside of you, that dirty, nasty thing that you still have on the inside of you. If you still gossip, if you still curse, if uh, you still do this or you still that, then you understand that these are, ele- these are this is an area of my life, God, that I need you. I give it all to you right now, Lord. And that's what we have to do, y'all. We don't, Don't get embarrassed by your shortcomings and your failures. Give it to God. That's all he's trying to do. He's not trying to expose you. He's just trying to make you better. So I don't get mad for people for little small struggles. Now, if you're doing it willfully, I got a problem with that. But we all have struggles. I don't care who you are. No one here is perfect. And we all are going through and we're all going through the fire. And we're going through the fire so that we can come out as pure gold. Because at the end of the day, Jesus is coming back and he's coming back to get people who look like him. (laughs) And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make ourselves more like Christ every day. That's why we do what we do. It's not for fame, it's not for fortune, it's not for anything, but it's for the fact that God has given us a second chance on life. And when Jesus comes back, y'all, either you're refined or you're consumed. <laughs> what will be your testimony? What will be your testimony? Will you be on the side of the wheat or the chaff? Will you make it or will you not? At the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Yeah, we sing and we preach and we do all these things for, the, for, for people to be saved and for them to make it in. We don't do it for tithe money. We don't do it for this in preaching engagements, or anything like that, because we are concerned about your soul. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you are the one who has to stand before the Lord. Nobody with you. And the thing about it is he sees all. He knows all. So it's no getting up there and trying to negotiate a lesser plea. (laughs) Either you're guilty or you're innocent. Either you're going to get in or you ain't. And each day should be, our lives should be lived each day, moving in the direction of Jesus. That's what it's all about. Every day we wake up in the morning, it's about trying to glorify God. Him being glorified in our life. Being being glorified in our behavior, our actions, our thoughts. Being more like Him. Not more like the world. <laughs> Not more like sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so. I'm trying to be like Jesus. That's all I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be like Jesus, y'all, because he's coming back one day. Mm-hmm. And I want to be ready. I don't know about you. Because all this that I'm going through, I'm going to want to make sure that I come forth as true gold. The word said, blessed are the they that are persecuted, persecuted for righteousness sake. Yeah. Y'all, if you're not doing it for righteousness sake, you are just being persecuted. You ain't blessed. That's what the Bible say. (laughs) You just going through it every day. And it ain't going to get no better. Amen. Amen. But if you're doing it for righteousness sake, if you're doing it trying to be holy, if you're trying to make it in, then you will be blessed. Amen? Amen. Now, I said a whole lot of stuff. But at the end of the day, if you don't have a relationship with God. Everything I say really don't matter. I'm here to encourage you, yeah. and encouragement was one of the major themes in the Bible. When you look at the uh, apostles as they addressed a lot of the letters, the epistles that they wrote, one of the major things was encouragement because they knew more than anybody that this way it gets hard, it gets lonely. You get fed up. You get ready to throw in the towel. Amen. Sometimes you feel the fire is too hot. Sometimes you question why you're doing it. Lord, I've been doing this. I've been doing that. But it seems like as though I'm not getting any better. That situation is not getting any better. On last week, I, I, I preached about uh, the shepherd and his sheep. And one of the things or a couple of things that I didn't address was one was that in the shepherd leading his sheep to greener pastures and to steal waters sometimes you come across dirty stuff nasty stuff and sheep are content with drinking and eating the first thing that they see but it's the shepherd who knows what's best for them and that he has best for them And he's leading them through dirty and nasty stuff. The same way God is doing with us, y'all. He doesn't want us to settle on just mediocre. When he has better for us. And another thing about last week is that faith is a couple of things. And we all understand that even in our faith, It's hard to do the thing that God has spoken to us. Sometimes it's hard to believe the things that God has spoken to us. But next level faith is when you can trust God even when he's not even talking. When nothing has even changed. Do you have that type of faith? That when you don't even hear God's voice, you still trust and believe that he's working for your good. Even when it doesn't look right, even when it doesn't sound right, even when it's hurt, it's hurtful and it's harmful to you. Do you still trust God? Do you still believe God? When a doctor's report still comes back bad. Bad. Do you still believe God? When the bank account is still in the negative and you still got stuff pending, do you still trust God?